The reading is taken from the book of James, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. It can be found on page 1224 of the Pew Bible. Favoritism forbidden. My brothers and sisters, believers in, your, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and lets stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the word of the, the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh Lord our God, we pray that you would open our eyes to see how these words, written 2,000 years ago to Christians in Judea, are your word to us today. Help us to hear what you have to say to us and make us quick to run in the way of your commandments. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
I wonder if you remember that comedy sketch involving the two Ronnies and John Cleese. John Cleese, they're all standing in a row. John Cleese, on um, my right, uh, tall, dressed in a suit, with a bowler hat and a furled umbrella. Ronnie Barker in the middle, not as tall as John Cleese, dressed also in a suit, but with a trilby hat. And on the left stands Ronnie Corbett, the smallest of them all, dressed in scruffy clothes and with a scarf around his neck and a flat cap. And the sketch goes something like this. John Cleese says, I look down on him because I am upper class. Ronnie Barker, looking towards John Cleese, says, I look up to him because he is upper class. And looking down at Ronnie Corbett says, but I look down on him because he is working class. Ronnie Corbett, looking straight at the camera, says, I know my place. <laughs> and so the sketch goes on. You may remember it. It's very funny in a way. Pointing a finger at the British class system, and yet it's still quite contemporary. Maybe the British class system, system isn't all it was, but we are a society filled with many prejudices based on accent, or education, or gender or age, or ethnicity, all manner of prejudices. We may not go round saying, I look up to him, but I look down on her, but we often may feel it, and act as if that is the case. And so I want to ask you this evening, do you know your place? Do you know your place? The letter of James was written to Christians who had made a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus, but were not behaving as disciples should behave. And James is in, in effect telling them, you need to learn to live the life, just as we have as our strapline. Having it as our strapline doesn't mean automatically that we live the life. We have to learn to live the life. And to do so by listening to what God's Word says and responding to it. In the passage we read this evening, in the churches which James is addressing, different people were coming to meet with Christians as they met together. Some were rich and well-dressed and uh, had rings on their fingers. And some were poor and in rags. And they were not being treated equally. 
The rich were being given the best positions, brought up on stage so everyone could see them. But the poor were hidden in a corner or told to sit at the feet of someone, out of the way. Note how James begins by addressing this situation. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. And that's why I ask you, and as I ask myself this evening, do you know your place? We're met here because we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We own him as our Lord. He is our hope of salvation. We've gladly responded to him and we celebrate this evening all that he has done for us. So who is this Lord Jesus? Well, he is the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, says James. Elsewhere he's called the Lord of glory. And we're reminded, therefore, that he is the eternal Son of God who was seated in glory before ever he came into this world. But he gave up his place in glory in order to come into this world into a poor household in order that he might give himself for us and become a servant of sinners. And as Paul reminds us, he not only gladly let go of his place in glory and came into this world as a servant, he went even to the cross for us. This is our Saviour. Paul says of him, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. We, each of us, are poor, poor spiritually. We have nothing that we can bring in ourselves to commend us to God. We are poor. But he who was rich in all things left his throne in glory so that through his poverty we might become rich. Do you know your place? You are found in Christ. Join to him so that all that is his is yours. And all that is yours is his. Paul says, if you are in Christ, you are part of a new creation. The old has come, the new is here. This is your position. You are in Christ, a new creation. And Paul gives a practical application to, to this truth. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Being in Christ transforms everything. 
and it transforms the way we see the world. I don't know whether you know that old hymn, Loved with everlasting love, led by grace that love to know, spirit breathing from above, thou hast taught me it is so. Oh, this full and perfect peace. Oh, this transport all divine, in a love which cannot cease, I am his and he is mine. Heaven above is softer blue, earth around is sweeter green, something lives in every hue Christless eyes have never seen. Birds with gladder songs all flow, flowers with deeper beauties shine, since I know as now I know I am his, and he is mine. George Robinson expresses this wonderful truth that when you become a Christian and know that Christ is yours, the creator of the universe has given himself for you, then you see everything in a different light. Even the creation around you, you see as his gift to you and is full of his glory but you see people in a different way. And that's what James is saying here. Being a Christian and knowing his love must change the way we view other people. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, he says. You are brothers and sisters of one another. Christ was not ashamed to call you his brother or his sister. You surely then can never be ashamed of another brother or sister in Christ, whoever they may be. In the previous chapter, James writes, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. If you're poor, says James, if you're a poor Christian, know that you are rich in Christ. Christ has made you rich. If you're a rich person who's come to know Christ, know this, that you have to come humbly to him. Your riches mean nothing. They can't buy you a place in glory. As we say, you can't take it with you. There's no pockets in a shroud. All those riches are meaningless in eternal terms. The gospel brings us all to the same level. And so James is saying, you must show no favoritism. To show favoritism, to give a special place to the wealthy and to despise the poor is to fail to realise who you are in Christ and to realise who they are in Christ and to treat one another as brothers and sisters. Being a Christian gives us a whole new perspective on ourselves and one another. However different we may be in education, class or age or whatever. We are one in Christ. 
As Paul says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you're all one in Christ. Therefore we're to love and respect one another. To look down on a Christian brother or sister is to despise Christ himself. To elevate a brother or sister because of their human status is to forget who we are in Christ. We've been raised up with him and enthroned with him in heavenly places. We can't look up to any human status. Do you remember when Jesus tells the parable of the sheep and the goats. He says to the sheep, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me, and so on. And they said, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or naked? And he said, inasmuch as you did it for one of these little ones, you did it to me. Being in Christ gives us a different perspective. We view others in him through his eyes. And as Jesus had time for the outcasts of society, the tax collectors and sinners, so we also are to have a place for those society has little place for. We need, therefore, to be careful how we view one another. We need to watch over our hearts that we treat one another as brothers and sisters and that we treat those who come amongst us as Christ would have us treat them. James says that we are to obey the royal law, love your neighbour as yourself. It's the royal law because it's the law of the king. It's the law of the Lord Jesus. It's his calling on our lives as he calls us to love one another as he has loved us. So we need to keep guard over our own attitudes and to live by this law that gives freedom knowing that Christ has set us free and made us free to serve him rather than to follow the patterns of this present age which bring with them all sorts of bondage and guilt. Christ has set us free. Let's serve him in serving one another. Let's watch over our hearts for those prejudices that would creep in and that would judge others, look down on others, despise others and recognise how Christ has dealt with us in mercy and in grace that we may look at others in the same way and treat them in the same way. May Jesus make us more like himself and fill us with his spirit 
and with his grace that we might gladly live to serve him in serving one another.